We're starting a new series tonight on the mystery of prayer and just in prayer in general. Like most things that we do at Exodus, the challenge that we have is to cover a topic that's going to be meaningful for us. I'm sure that if you ran a Bible search on the word prayer, it would come up so many times. I'm sure that if you listened or analyzed talks and sermons that people have done on prayer in the church, that you get at least two or three a year, maybe more, in an average church. And yet, it seemed like it was something that all of us wanted to talk about on the surveys, and also, we need to struggle with it a little bit because it seems like it's an area that everybody always needs to work on. And that's actually what I want to analyze tonight. We're going to do an introduction tonight into this topic just briefly. The first thing I want you to do is I gave you a card tonight. I want you to think about somebody, a person in your life that's very close to you, that you kind of rely on or talk to quite a bit, or that if you had a need or if you had somebody that you needed to talk to about something, that that person would be in your life, okay? That you feel pretty comfortable that you could pick up the phone or just go to their house or whatever it is and just say, hey, you know what, I, I want to talk to you about something. And it could be somebody you see every day. It could be somebody that you, you, know, you don't see very often, but somebody that you could really talk to in that way. And I want you to think about somebody, too, that might be kind of wise or or able to help you with whatever it is or somebody who just cares enough. And then I want you to think about not talking to them for the next month. So whoever it is the person that you're thinking of, write down their name, and then we're going to go through a discipline of not talking to them for one month. That's going to be the discipline we're going to have. So throughout this whole series, the person you just wrote down, you're not allowed to talk to that person now. One of the reasons I want you to write it down is so that you'll be committed not change it now that you know that you can't talk to them. But so God, is, God knows. He's watching. He knows who you thought of first. So don't change it now. That'd be cheating. Throughout the series, our discipline, and by the way, of course, if we take Christmas and New Year's off like we said we would this year, you can't talk to them during Christmas and New Year's either, okay, <laughs> until we come back. All right, so it might be a little bit longer than a month. If this person comes up to you, you have to say, you have to say, I'm sorry, I cannot talk to you until we're done with the series on prayer. Just for fun, does anybody want to volunteer some of the people they put down that they can't talk to now? Who do you put down? Do you know? So you can't talk to them in Switzerland. So you're going to save a lot of money on long distance phone calls and email. No email. Holly, who do you put down? My sister. You put down your sister? Is she far away? No. She's my best friend, though. Is she close by? Does she live with you? You're going to see her. Oh, so if she doesn't live with you, it's not going to be that hard. I mean, if she lived with you, you'd have to give her the cold shoulder, but she doesn't live with you. Huh? You put down your dad? Oh, I was going to say, because your dad, that'd be easy, you know? He would be, he'd be trying to talk to you at work. Hey, Ryan, I want you to go out here and you just be like, can't talk to you, dad. Anyone else got somebody who's a little bit awkward that they put down that now they can't talk to? You can't talk to me anymore. You know, my wife apparently can't talk to me anymore for a month plus. Obviously, the reason we're doing this exercise a little bit is I want to point something out. And it's a kind of a fundamental truth that people in the church sometimes ignore. And we'll have it on the screen a little bit later. But one of the things is, prayer is nothing more than a method of communication. What's really odd about prayer is that we talk about it like it's a diet. We talk about it like it's working out. We talk about it like it's studying. We talk about it like it's something that's hard to do, that we have to work at to be good at. We think like prayer is like running a marathon. Like you have to really be good, you have to gear up for it, and you have to know how to do it. And we don't think of prayer the way it was intended to be, which is very much like communication. And just like you might think it's a little bit weird that I asked you not to talk to somebody that you're close to for a month, I guess what I want you to do tonight in our introduction is consider this. Isn't it just as weird that we don't talk to God? Isn't that just a little weird 
that we have to force ourselves to want to talk to God? I asked you to pick somebody who was you were close to, who you could go to. And of course, I was really intending it to be a person. I don't, I don't want the Sunday school answer where everybody wrote down on their card, like, God. We don't want that kind of thing. I want you guys to really have picked a person. Because I want you to juxtapose that person that you picked in your mind with what God's role is in our life in some way. Isn't he somebody that we could be close to, go to? And of course, he tells us that he is. And the strangest thing is, for some reason... We don't think twice if a month goes by and we haven't really spent any time in prayer. So I wanted you to first start off tonight just thinking how weird it would be that somebody that you do talk to on a regular basis, you cut off communications and then flip that around. Because what I'm really trying to get you to see is we as Christians tend to do what we want to do. Nobody has to tell us to do the fun things. So the real question tonight is why isn't prayer fun? Why isn't prayer natural? I mean, it's not anything hard. I'm not asking you to run the marathon. I'm not asking you to work out. I'm not asking you to do anything other than talk to God. And that seems like such a hard thing for us to do. Yet it's very easy for us to talk to our sister or for someone to talk to their friend that they care about very much. Heck, it's even easy for Andy to talk to his friend in Switzerland. You know, So there goes all the stuff about, well, I can't see him and he's not really here and I don't think about him. It's like, if you can think about your friend in Switzerland, you can think about your friend in heaven. It just seems a little interesting. So my challenge in framing this whole discussion on prayer in a different way is for us to really spend some time tweaking the way that we look at prayer. All right, We're going to look at it from a different angle, like everything else we do in this group, so that we can analyze it differently, so we can maybe solve the problem instead of just keep having 30 sermons a year about it. Everybody feels good for half an hour and then walks out and goes, I don't remember what he said, but it kind of felt good. Why are we going to study prayer? You guys know that every series begins with this question, why do we do it? Just so that we know why we're going to lay aside three or four weeks of our time. Here's some answers that I think, but you guys might have some of your own. We need to understand the importance of prayer. I don't think we understand its importance. I mean, we understand we need to do it, but that's from a guilt complex. Not really understanding the importance of it. Number two, I think it's healthy to learn what prayer is and what it's not. There are people that have preconceived notions about what prayer is and what it's not, and sometimes that may not be right. Okay, Some of us think it's going to be reduced down to a formulaic type of thing. Some of us think it's an incantation. We say certain things and certain things result. Some of us think it's just a one-way dialogue and nobody's responding. So we kind of, kind of analyze what is it and what it's not. Three, I hope we actually are going to improve our prayer life by the time this is done. How are we going to do that? Well, maybe if you're like me and prayer comes difficult for you, it's not something that comes naturally, maybe by analyzing why it's so difficult, and we look at it from a different way, that we'll actually want to pray. Four, maybe we can broaden the impact of prayer. And I mean, what I mean by that is look at the ways that prayer can be used. We think of prayer in a very narrow sense. A lot of us think of prayer as like, I need something, or I'll pray for someone. Prayer is a much broader thing than that. Prayer can be communication. Maybe some of us don't have that in mind. Prayer can be for other people that we don't even know. Maybe we, don't, we need to get to that level and broaden our notion of prayer. There's commandments in the Bible to pray for the world leaders. Maybe some of us never stop to actually do that. think, yeah, I know that's in the Bible, but that's just so weird that I would actually stop and pray for world leaders. So we need to kind of broaden our understanding of what prayer is supposed to be about and go beyond. Some of us are very good about praying for other people. Some of us are very good about praying for ourselves. And all those things are good. 
but maybe we need to adopt the ones that we don't have down yet. At the end I wrote, to speak freely to God and to recognize his voice. I remember Derek one time said something that really haunted me for a long time, like if you don't regularly listen for God's voice and regularly spend time with God, how are you going to know when it's him speaking? How would you recognize his voice if you never actually spend time trying to identify his voice? A lot of people say, God doesn't speak to me. But if he did, would you recognize his voice among the other voices that you might hear? And how would you know which one was his? I wrote on the screen, explore why it is that we have to even ask the question. And what I mean by that is, look at it from this perspective. As humans, we tend to do whatever it is we want and avoid doing those things that we do not want to do. That's pretty fair. Everybody agree with that? I mean, if you left us alone and we're hungry, we would eat. Like, no one's going to have to force you to eat. No one's going to have to say to you, hey, you know what? You really should be eating right now. Like, most of us, we're already standing in line to eat. When we want to hang out and have some fun with somebody, nobody has to say, like, you know what? You really should be having some fun right now. We just seem to want to do the things we want to do. And we avoid doing the things we don't want to do. So the real question is, what is it about prayer that makes us want to avoid it? Is it the hard work? We have been invited to speak directly with the God of the entire universe. And he's telling us, you can speak to me at any time. The one who holds all things together. The one who has the power to bring about any outcome. So the question that I kind of throw up there is, what is it about us that would take that kind of invitation for granted? Yeah. We don't believe it. The reason that we don't do it is because we don't believe that he's really there or that he can do it? That's what our practice says. Saying, oh yeah, that's true, but then not living it. And if I'm not living it... Do you think a lot of people have that self-reliance? Is that kind of where it comes from? It's crazy because there's so many times when I realize that I've made major decisions without even consulting God. I mean, major decisions, life-changing decisions in my own life. Just think about the question. Let's not let it go easily. I mean, this is the God of the entire universe, but I don't ask him about stuff. I don't really talk to him much. It's not that I don't believe he has that power. I know he has that power. I just don't know what it is that makes me think that I can do it just as well. Maybe it is arrogance, like you said. Maybe it's because I feel like, well, he's gifted us so much that we could go like batteries for a long time without recharging. We don't need to constantly be plugged in to his wisdom. But that's kind of weak in a way, but it's true. For this series, I'm going to make a few assumptions that most of us are beyond the idea that is he really there or not. I'm going to make another assumption that it's hard for us to pray that none of us really have vibrant spiritual prayer lives. If you do, good for you. This series is going to be like you can coast through it and laugh at the rest of us. I'm going to make the assumption that God is like literally sitting there all day long with time on his hands waiting for people down here to pray and we're just kind of hanging out. What is it about the fact that the God of the universe is open and available for dialogue that he can change anything naturally or supernaturally? We know it. We believe it. Why don't we take advantage of it? Why does it have to be a discipline? Do you know how many books there are written on prayer? I mean, if you go to a Christian bookstore, there's a section on prayer. And that's just the ones that they got published this month. They got prayer like all the way from like the prayer of Jabez that tells you how to like do witchcraft prayers. Like if you go, then the outcome will be like this. All right. All the way to the other side where prayer is a discipline. Like it shows you, starts off with the first page. We know prayer is a drag. 
you know, but by the end of this book, you'll be praying like a champion. I feel like I'm reading a diet book. We know you're big and fat, but by the end of the book, you'll be loving those push-ups. What? Why does it have to be a chore? You know, when my friends come over, like this week, on Friday, had some of the people in this room over to my house, it wasn't hard to talk to them. In fact, Lena got tired, went to bed, and like at 3.30 in the morning, they finally left. And we had so much fun talking. She's like, what are you, an idiot talking until 3.30 in the morning? I'm like, but we are having so much fun. It isn't hard to talk to them. So does that mean that I love them more than I love Jesus? It must, probably, if I was going to be honest with myself, because I can talk to them, and I want to talk to them. And if a week goes by and I don't talk to them, I feel like I'm missing something. But if I go two weeks without praying, I have to remind myself to pray. I don't have to remind myself to call my friends. I don't have to remind myself to hang out with them. It just naturally happens because we like doing it. So I guess the conclusion I'm coming to is we must not like Jesus very much or enjoy his company or believe in his name or his power or his position or his majesty or his grace or his authority or just the fact that he commands us to pray. We just must kind of think, eh, not on the top of my list. Ask yourself some of these questions. When are you most likely to pray? That could be like a time in your life or it could be just even like a point like in the day. When are you most likely to pray? When are you least likely to pray? Are there times when prayer comes naturally? Are there times when it's forced? How much of our prayer life is forced? You're sitting around a table with a bunch of people and you feel like, okay, we can't eat till we pray. Is it because you're really thankful? Dave. I think for me, uh, prayer can be a discipline because it's a spiritual discipline. Do you think it can become natural? It can. It takes time. It's like any discipline. Like going to the gym, you go out, you can only run in a treadmill for so long, first time, and then it increases and increases, and you can actually enjoy it after a while. But, but it's, super, it's not natural. It's, it's supernatural. So. That's an interesting perspective. That it's not really, it should never really be natural because it's supernatural. But there's a part of me that also really struggles against that and says, our desire to want to talk to God should just be in our nature, shouldn't it? Well, I think that's part of making it a discipline. And I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a discipline. In fact, if you read most books on disciplines and spiritual disciplines, prayer is one of them. I guess I just want to tweak it a little bit. And I may be wrong in asking the question, but I want to just get us thinking about it. I don't think it should be a discipline. In a perfect world, which this is not, shouldn't God's creation want to talk to him? Naturally, shouldn't we just want to say... I have a question for you. The way that a little kid wants to ask their dad something, I mean, it's not like you have to discipline a child and go, you should learn to speak to your father. They just like naturally want to do it. They naturally want to communicate. I don't have to discipline myself in a way to talk to my friends. I naturally want to do it. So I, I like what Dave is saying, that, it's, it's, that prayer is a supernatural activity, so you have to cross over that. But I don't disagree with that part. I guess I want to underline the part that almost makes us almost have to admit that we don't want to do it. And that's the part that troubles me the most, is that I would think we'd want to do this. This is something so easy. Someone's saying like, hey, the king of the universe wants to hear from you about what you want in your life and what you need for your world and other things around you. And by the way, what supernatural things would you like to do in faith if you were able to do them through prayer? And I'm like, pass. Maybe next week, I don't know. I'm really busy this week planning his work.
you know, I'm really busy doing his kingdom work right now to talk to the guy himself, you know. It's totally bizarre. So I'm not highlighting that it's not a discipline, that it's not hard, that it's not almost against our nature. I'm just asking, why? Is it because I believe he's not going to answer? No, I left that behind in junior high. I know he's going to answer. I know he's there. I know he's listening. Well, I think Jesus said it himself when he says the spirit is willing with the flesh is weak. So because we're still in the flesh, we can't deny that when it's physical state of uh, you know existence, the whole you know some of our friends call us really easy because he's he's there. We talk. To him. It's not that we don't believe that God doesn't exist. We do. Um, it's just that it's a lot easier to talk to a friend. All right. You know, one time I challenged the Lord on this one because I was struggling with writing part of the book I was working on and I was coming up with a question that was really troublesome to me. It was a theological question that a non-believer had asked me. He just simply asked me this question in an attempt, in an honest attempt to believe in Jesus, but he just couldn't believe because of this question. And I thought, wow, that is really a good question. And I could hear that it came from the depths of his heart. He was praying that question. Like, almost like I would really believe in him if only I could understand this. So I took it upon myself to think I'm going to answer this question for him. I really want to answer the longing of his heart. Maybe this person would come to a belief in Jesus. But it was a hard question. I remember looking for it in the Bible. I remember starting to look around and it was getting frustrating. And I don't mean like I looked about it for a day or two. I started like asking pastors I started asking people who thought they were theologians. I thought I asked everybody I could think of. And two months later, I'm still looking for an answer. And it was really getting frustrating. I'd run out of people to ask. You know, I'd gone to two or three different churches, that's different people, friends, people I respected, mentors, buddies, everybody. And finally one night I just said, you know what, I've had it. You know what, this is so crazy. And I remember challenging the Lord on this, saying, Lord... I will not ever witness again or write another word in this book until you answer this question. I had no sooner said those words than the Lord threw the answer into my head. Now, probably in my whole life, this is going to be the only time that will ever happen. I remember I was so freaked out that it happened that I picked up my phone in my room in the middle of the night. I'm stumbling around trying to find out. I remember it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I called my voicemail at work. And repeated the answer back into my voicemail because I was scared I would fall asleep and forget it. Like it never happened. And the next day I went to work and I replayed my voicemail, wrote down the thing, looked up in the Bible, and there it was, right there in the Bible. And I went back to this guy and I was able to share with him exactly what the answer to this question was. And I wish I could tell you that he suddenly said, Oh, Lord, and fell down on his hands and knees and became a Christian. He still struggles with his belief to this day. But I get to remember that one instance in my life where I really did say, talk back to me. I need this right now. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not a formula. I'm not going to go write a book about how this works, you know. That what you have to do is ask people for two months, get on your hands and knees, do this thing, and then he'll get the answer. It's not a formula. But prayer is a communication. And at that moment, I think the Lord really wanted me to move past this point. And I guess in my own life, he wanted to put a a little bookmark in my own life where I can look back and say, I can never say that God doesn't speak to us. Because now I know from my own experience for sure 
that he speaks to us. Now he speaks to us, and we'll see in the next couple of weeks, he's going to speak to us in multiple ways. Through other people, through the word, lots of things. But once in a while, just like he does in the Bible, he'll actually just boom and speak to us directly. I want to open in prayer, and I just want to let us spend a few moments in silence, something that we don't often do in church because it's uncomfortable. And just maybe if you don't have the opportunity any other time, this will be the opportunity for us to just pray. Tonight's just an introduction. You know, these are all questions that we're not going to answer tonight. These are just to throw them out there. But I'm convicted in the fact that even in preparing this talk, I had a hard time praying tonight. But that's really why I think it underlies the whole topic is that there's something in us that's not right. All right. Enough of that. Let's, uh, let's pray tonight and leave some silence open for us to really seek the Lord out. Maybe it's one of these things up here on the screen that you're going to pray about. Let's pray. Lord, I'm convicted by Ryan's own comment tonight about how the hypocrites stand and pray to be heard. And I know, Lord, that you had other, other meanings, too, for that parable. That it was not just about prayer. And yet, Lord, here we are tonight. We stand and we pray in front of you when we would not normally do so. It kind of reminds me of that same hypocrisy that I have in my life. That I could go for weeks without really seeking you because I think I can do it on my own. But then when I'm in the company of other Christians, I seem to put on this fake aura of spirituality and prayer. And Lord, I don't want that anymore. I don't want the I want the fake spirituality. I want to really talk to you and commune and communicate and dwell and spend time with you. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit right now, who I do believe in all power and faith has the ability to move and change us and to renew us from within and give us the supernatural that we don't have. I pray for your Holy Spirit right now to descend upon us and to dwell in our individual prayers right now, Lord. We offer these prayers to you. Lord, it's my prayer that when we're done with this series, we would just simply unlock the reasons that prevent us from loving you. Because I'm confident, Lord, that if we truly loved you the way we loved ourselves or those around us, that there would be no impediment to communicating with you on a daily basis. Maybe it's just that we need to find that love, Lord. And if that's a supernatural thing, For creation, Lord, to love its creator. For people to love the eternal king. Then give us your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we're able to do it. I want to be in awe of you, Lord. The way I'm in awe of people in this world. And I want to love you, Lord. Just the way that I love people here. And yes, Lord, more. But let me just start there.
pray all these things in your name. Amen.